Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist Ken Holtzhauser. I came to an epiphany years ago that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I know there are movies, television programs, and music that are seen as guilty pleasures, junk food for the mind, but there's enough negativity in the world without feeling embarrassed at our own entertainment. It was made to be enjoyed, so enjoy it. Today we're going to take another look at those television movies of the 1970s. It's fertile ground for this kind of thing, I know, but I grew up watching these uh, on a regular basis. I know a lot of people of my uh, particular generation did. This one in particular is quite an example of the 1970s TV movie. In fact, if you were playing 1970s TV movie bingo, this would probably hit all of the points uh, on the card. Without further ado, I present you 1975's Someone I Touched. excommunication, bankruptcy, dandruff. Is it something simple like another woman? You want a divorce? I didn't want to tell you here. Please, Sam. One thing. No, two things. Whatever else, I love you very much. And I want our baby. Tell me the whatever else. I've. Yes, I've. I've got syphilis. It was a fluke. One night stand with a girl whose name I don't even remember. It happened after we struck out for I don't know, it seemed like the millionth time. I was unsure. Looking down the barrel at my 40th birthday. Afraid, I don't know, what just happened. <laughs> it's a scream. Is this reader at the office? Mary? used to tell stories about her husband who went on a youth kick, how he had an air transplant, went on those fanatic diets. He used to spend more time in front of the mirror than she did. She used to do imitations of him. He had everybody screaming. Then she went home one afternoon and found him having a meaningful relationship with the babysitter who was a junior in high school. Isn't that a knee slapper? No. Oh, yeah? Where's your sense of humor, huh? Where's yours? Lost it at the Astor. Or the office. Or in Omaha. Yeah. 
I just couldn't seem to get the words out. Oh, I have a track record of the analysts, right? I'm a sensitive person. Volatile. Protect me from shock at all costs. Is that your rationale? God. Were you ashamed of what we did? And kept telling me not to feel guilty about it. Laura, what's the sense of recriminations now? Because I wouldn't understand why I feel so guilty now. It's not your fault. Well, whose fault was it then? Mine. No, it wasn't. It was mine, too. Yeah, it's too bad, but uh, some people have to be scared out of their minds before they'll do anything about it. Yeah, I hope I didn't get you out here on a Saturday just because of me. I couldn't get off last night. No, it's okay. I had some things to mop up anyway. That's... So, what can I do you for? Well, you know the names of those guys that I gave you that I'd uh, been with? Well, I left somebody out. Okay. Shoot. His name is Tommy. Thomas, I guess. Chadwick. Uh, I don't know his home address because he lives in Michigan, but he does go to UCLA, and I guess he's at one of the dorms there. That's uh, that's Cloris Leachman singing the theme there to the tender love theme to someone I touched. This is a funny thing. I found this movie um, through odd circumstances years and years and years ago. I had the good fortune to meet the actor Andrew Robinson, who had appeared in movies like uh, Dirty Harry, and in the he had a minor part in the television series Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. He and I struck up quite a conversation. It was great, actually. He and I were discussing a lot of his parts that had nothing to do with Star Trek. It was funny. There was a crowd of people around us asking very Star Trek-related questions to him, and he would good-naturedly answer whatever question brought to him. And then I started to talk to him about his performance as Liberace in a TV movie, and it just sort of lit him up. And we started to talk about all kinds of facets of his career. I mentioned that there's very few things that you would probably cringe at if you've had a long-running career, and unfortunately, this is a part that has a little bit of a cringe factor to it for him, which meant that I absolutely had to seek this movie out. He is a minor role in this movie, Andrew Robinson uh, with giant shaggy 70s hair and 70s mustache, is a doctor who specializes in VD, and for the course of this film... We start at the beginning with him meeting Glennis O'Connor on the beach to tell her that she has syphilis. Glennis O'Connor, for those who are wondering, is also kind of a TV movie veteran. She was in, uh, what was it, The Ode to Billy Joe? And in particular, she was in The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. She looks, at best, all of about 15 years old, which again gives us a slight ick factor that only the 70s can bring you. 
We then cut to Cloris Leachman and her husband, James Olson, who have been trying for years to conceive. They're both uh, high-strung, very career-oriented people. And finally, at last, the blessed event has happened. And Cloris Leachman tells him that she is, in fact, four months pregnant. It's all good news and very exciting until floppy-haired Dr. Robinson comes to James Olson later to tell him that he has syphilis. It's, uh, it comes as quite a shock to him, but since he had asked uh, Glennis O'Connor to give him a list of her uh, uh, dalliances, let's say, that he's turned up and it's time to let him know that he needs to go to the doctor and get this taken care of. It's a, fu- it's funny. Um, I mean, I, it's a, it's a serious subject matter. Let's be fair. Let's all be grown ups here about this, but it's handled just this side of reefer madness in terms of its execution. There's a lot of the the scene in particular when James Olson then has to break down and tell Cloris Leachman that he has syphilis she looks he's he's grabbed a hold of her by the arm she looks at his hands with such <laughs> such a, a look of disgust backs off like completely 10 feet away into a wall uh yeah it's it's pretty melodramatic and again for tv movies that's what you got you ramp up the melodrama. Now, sometimes you got a really exceptional TV movie, like, uh, for instance, if you've never seen it, the original Night Stalker TV movie starring Darren McGavin is as good as any horror movie you're ever going to find in a theater at that time. And then sometimes you get these sort of really hammy melodramatic movies that are designed to show another side of a popular actor or actress. In this case, Cloris Leachman, who at this time would have been uh, starring as Phyllis on the Mary Tyler Moore show. So this gives her a chance to wear a bathing suit and keep her hair long and uh, try to look, uh, I don't know, uh, a different side to Cloris Leachman, I suppose, that instead of the high-strung Phyllis. But unfortunately, in this film, she's pretty high-strung as well. Uh, she's got quite a, uh, a severe run of pantsuits later in the film, and she's, she's darn good at keeping her jaw clenched, let me tell you. Kenneth Mars appears in this movie. He's billed, I think, as special guest star Kenneth Mars. And at the beginning, I was really impressed with how... Uh, reserved and quiet his role is. Kenneth Mars can be uh, an interesting spice to add to any film. He can dominate the proceedings if you let him, but for the most part, he's a very entertaining character actor, and it was good to see him in such a quiet role. Uh, Spoiler alert, he is a big part of the movie's resolution. As it turns out, now, I'm just I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm usually averse to spoilers, but I'm just going to do it. It turns out that she actually had an affair with Kenneth Mars, and he is why they all have syphilis. So he gave it to her. She gave it to her husband, who gave it to Glennis O'Connor, who it turns out is working as a cashier at a grocery store. And uh, now she has to go tell everybody she knows that she's got syphilis. And that sequence goes on for a while, too. There's almost a um, a really gross uh, mystery element to the story where everybody has to go tell everybody else, oh, by the way, I have syphilis. And it looks like in a 
particularly icky 1970s way that everybody has been getting involved with everybody. Like I said, the fact that Glennis O'Connor looks to be 15 and uh, James Olsen and his barely restrained comb over looks to be all of about 60. Ugh, I don't even I don't even like thinking about it. It's awful. On the subject of awful, there's also a scene with uh, Glennis's character Carrie, where she is being grilled by her mother because her mother wants her to become a secretary slash receptionist because that way she can meet a decent man and get married because that's all she has to look forward to as her mother tells her your looks aren't going to last forever and you'll just end up married to some dumbo from a grocery store and then where will you be Uh, the 70s it's not at all possible to assume that she could have gone to school or been a decent person of her own or that she may have had ambitions other than i don't know beach volleyball or working at a grocery store or something i don't know the the thing is though this is the 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 entertainment value from this movie is of course it's unrestrained hamminess which if you're in the right mood can be quite an entertaining experience i would say that a movie like this is best enjoyed with your friends some snacks and let's say some adult beverages i would i would recommend maybe a little a, a nice wine buzz from you and your friends while you're watching uh Cloris Leachman chew the scenery in this film or if you were so inclined you may get something harder and take a drink every time somebody says syphilis You may not be awake by the end of the movie, but maybe that's not such a bad thing either. Still, you'll have a good time with these movies. I always have a good time with these movies. And a a personal caveat, I don't understand why in the world of 2019 that we're living in right now, that there isn't a streaming channel devoted to nothing but TV movies. All of those awful Linda Blair women in prison movies or Sarah T. Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic or I Was a Teenage Runaway or The Day After or The Night Stalker that I mentioned before or any of the TV movies that were on every week on all three networks. There's tons of them with tons of popular stars. Why is there not a channel devoted purely to this Mm, cheesy but not guilty pleasure honestly i this would be this would be a wonderful thing if it was to happen so if anybody wants to uh, open their ears and give it a shot i would certainly be glad to hear it and i think other people would too we'll see you next time on no guilty pleasures Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure, and it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.